We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls after they fall in game four to the Milwaukee Bucks, 119-95. The Bulls following up their 30-point home loss in game three with a 24-point home loss in game four. Another absolutely pathetic offensive showing from the Bulls. And another scorching hot shooting performance from the Bucks turns this one into a blowout. Jason, the Bulls competed hard in the first quarter, only trailed by three after the first frame. But the Bucks started to run up the score in the second quarter. And by the time the game moved to the fourth quarter, it was already a blowout. Didn't feel like the Bulls really had any hope of mounting a comeback in this one. And, uh, you know, it's what we saw across both these home games. Bulls just cannot score enough to keep up with the Bucs. And every single time they give the Bucs a run out, it feels like it's points going the other way. So Bulls fall. They are one game away from the end of their season. They're facing elimination on Wednesday in game five in Milwaukee. Uh, Jace, you know, coming into these two home games, we thought maybe the Bulls really would have a chance to get back in this series. Wrong. <laughs> after the inspiring game two victory, after Chris Middleton's injury, well, that game two win is looking more and more like a massive fluke. And I think the Bucs have really shown why they're the defending champs, why they're going to have an absolute chance to, you know, make it out of the East once again this year. And they're showing that the Bulls really just can't match up with them in any phase of the game. Yeah. Uh, game four, not quite as embarrassing as game three. Obviously, as you said, they were close for one quarter as opposed to game one or game three where they were blown out from the first quarter on close. They, they also did make a, you could, I guess you could say they kind of made a run in the third quarter after, I think they were down what 15 at half. Uh, and they went down and then they went down like 21 or 22. Then we found, we got, we got a few like IO threes. We got Patrick Williams heated up after a really rough start. They got down to like eight, I think in the third quarter. And then Giannis 
just absolutely took over. Grayson Allen again, fucking great. This is just again, as repeated last time, great this nightmare series watching Grayson Allen absolutely just destroy the Bulls. I think he had he had 22 in game three. I believe he had 27 in game four. Uh, and Giannis dominant again. Uh, I think he, like 32, seven I mean, just dissecting the Bulls every single time. I know complaints about the officiating with Giannis, but I mean, that's going to happen. He's a two-time MVP. Every time he drives the basket, it's tough to stop him. And then when he's finding shooters and finding Grayson Allen, finding Bobby Portis, finding Wes Matthews, Drew Holiday, all these guys raining threes from the outside. When Giannis has it going, when the Buck shooters have it going, hard to stop them. But the biggest problem, as you mentioned, this series has been the Bulls offense. They're, they have an offensive rating this series of 90. It's like 94.2, which is 10 points per 100 possessions worse than the next worst team in these playoffs, which is the Atlanta Hawks, who have been totally shut down by the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler has been arguably the best player in the playoffs so far through the first round. Good for Jimmy. We love Jimmy here, but uh, he's been awesome. The Heat have shut down the Hawks, and the Bulls have been like a million times worse than the Hawks have been. Again, 94 offensive rating through four games. Basically, three of the four off, uh, games for the Bulls so far have been a total offensive disaster, uh, and which is really, really bad when we're talking about a team that was built on three offense for stars with DeMar, with Zach, and Vooch. They have not been very good. But it's also this is also just coming back to the rest of the roster sucking really bad. And it's been unfortunate. I wrote about this at Forbes, just about the roster construction. The Lonzo thing obviously sucks. Zach's hurt, but like they've been so, so bad offensively. Way way worse than we could have imagined because the rest of the roster is terrible. Uh as bad as whatever. Damar and Vooch and Zach haven't been that great, but They've been the Bucks loading up on DeMar. We saw it again in game four. DeMar did get up 20 shots in game four as opposed to the nine in game three, but still he had re- a lot of trouble getting free. Zach did have, I think, 24 and 13. His passing was a little better, but still Bulls could not get to the rim at all. They had zero free throw attempts in the first half. They did end up with 17 for the game, but, I mean, again, nothing at the rim. Bucks just totally shutting that down, forcing the, the Bulls to hit from the outside, and, again, they didn't. They were nine of 36 from three. Kobe White, awful. Patrick Williams got it going after they were down big. Nice to see him at least get it going, but he started really bad. And there's just no one else that can beat that can beat you. The Bulls just have too many guys on this roster who can't beat you offensively consistently. When Kobe's struggling, it's brutal. Pat, after he struggled and then finally got it going, but again, they were down big already. Io doesn't can't really beat you consistently. Derek Jones Jr., Tristan, Javante, all these other guys. They just can't beat you. And Caruso, also not an offensive guy. And Caruso got hurt, obviously, with the concussion. The Bulls just have too many guys who cannot beat you offensively. So the Bucks, they're loading up on the Stars. They're making the Bulls beat them from the outside. They're not beating them from the outside. They can't get to the rim. They can't get to the free throw line. And that's how you end up with a 94 offensive rating through four games. They're just getting totally shut down offensively. And whatever, set Lonzo aside, set Zach aside, his injury aside. This is horrible stuff offensively. And not, I don't think we expected them to be this bad offensively, even against a good Bucks team that's been locked in. Uh, and it 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 will bring forth plenty of questions about how what the Bulls will have to do this offseason, what how, what they're gonna have to add to their roster, what the uh, the moves they're gonna have to make. But for right now, it's just been really painful to watch. And just ultimately, two home games here. 
getting just absolutely blown out. It's just really a huge bummer. I think the bull besides the nets who just got swept sucks to suck Brooklyn nets eat shit. Uh, I'm pretty sure every other team has won at least one home game for the bulls to come out here and just get absolutely punked both times in their home court. Just a super bummer uh, considering they haven't been in the playoffs in forever. And I've, I've tweeted, I've noted this a couple times now going back to the regular season. The Bulls are 0-6 on their home court at the United Center in April with a minus 132 uh, point differential because they played a couple games, two games against the Bucks here, Bucks game in the, re- in the regular season as well, Heat, Hornets, Celtics, and they've basically lost by 20-plus basically each game. I mean, that's just really sad to go down like that, a bummer. Uh, it just sucks. And, like, ultimately they're going to lose in five, which is what we predicted here. Uh, so it's like... Ultimately, after this, when the series is over, they're going to end up losing in five games as we expected. But to go into the two home games, one-one with no Middleton, thinking maybe we had a chance to just get a totally ripped our ripped our hearts out. Two non-competitive games, real bummer for that. Yeah, I think that these two games showed two of the Bulls' biggest problems the entire season, which is a lack of size and a lack of shooting. Yep. Portis going out in game two was low key, a huge deal for the Bucks. In addition to Middleton's MCL injury, because the Bucks don't have a lot of depth. They rely very heavily on their three stars. And then they rely heavily on Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen as kind of their, the end of their That's rotation. Their yep. uh, both those guys have been phenomenal. Portis coming in has really found just like a perfect situation in Milwaukee where he can space the floor for Giannis. Giannis can cover up Portis's defensive shortcomings. He's been really good in this series. And then it just kills you to see Grayson Allen just so wide open, popping up, open off screens, a few pretty egregious defensive mistakes by DeMar, I thought, in the last game. Uh, failing to track Allen through screens. Well, you're not paying DeMar for his defense, but it just goes to show how many defensive breakdowns the Bulls have been enduring in this series. And I think you nailed it, Jason. Ultimately, you build this Bulls team around three offensive stars, DeRozan, Vooch, and Zach Levine, and they are 10 points per 100 possessions worse than the second worst playoff offense in their 30 points per 100 possessions worse than the top rated warriors offense in the postseason. So the bulls just aren't getting it done offensively. They're too small. They can't shoot. They're shooting under 40% from the field in this series. They're shooting 27% from three in this series in this game four in particular, it was just a parade of bricked corner threes from the bulls. I have a 19 at the the glass. The bulls got 20% of their field goal attempts from corner three, which ranks in the 97th percentile of the league, they only hit Jason 26.3% of their shots. So you Five and 19, getting, I think, is what it was. Getting, those are good shots. Theoretically, corner threes are like the, one of the most efficient shots in the game. They were getting like, – again, I don't think the process was horrible. Like, obviously, we talked about how we wanted to see them getting more downhill, getting more to the basket with some of the screens. We didn't really see that as much. Again, no free throws in the first half, but – Getting open corner threes like theoretically should be good, but when you got when you have guys that don't hit shots consistently, it's not good. And the, and the Bulls don't have it; they don't have them. 
Yeah, and this is why the Bucks were always going to be a super tough matchup for the Bulls. Even when the Bulls were rolling with Lonzo in mid-January, if you would ask me then who's the toughest matchup for the Bulls in the East, I would have said the Bucks. One, because of the size disadvantage, the Bucs just have a ton of size. And when they're starting Giannis at the three, Portis at the four, Brooke Lopez at the five, I mean, those are three basically seven-footers, dudes who are 240 pounds, long. DeMar's been saying it after the game that the paint just feels crowded because the Bucs have such a ridiculous size advantage on the Bulls. And then the other thing is Milwaukee's defense under Budenholzer has always been built to allow teams to take threes. They close out hard on shooters, but they'll let you get threes up. The point of the Bucks defense is to wall off the paint, take away any layups. With the Bulls, it feels like their defense is even extended to the mid-range areas, just sort of bullying DeRozan with like as you said, showing him multiple defenders every like time digging, he gets the ball in the, the mid-range The perimeter section. defenders helping off other guys, just like digging down. And DeMar just can't get free at all. It's been, and then, it's been brutal. Yeah. The Bulls role players can't beat the Bucks, So yeah. the Bucks are essentially betting, okay, we're going to load up on DeMar. We're going to show him two, three bodies in the paint every time he catches the ball. And we don't think any of these other jokers on the Bulls can beat us when we leave them wide open. And they're right. They're not catch <laughs> and they are right. <laughs> Patrick Williams for a stretch between game three and game four, I believe went 0 for 12 or 0 for 13 from the field numbers at the end of game four look pretty good, but uh, you know, he wasn't really making shots when it counted early in the game, when the, when the game was still close. So I think you nailed it, Jason earlier in that uh, beautiful little rant you went on (laughs) that, this comes down to the Bulls not having enough rotation players who are capable of handling playoff minutes. And it just ultimately comes down to a total inability to beat a playoff defense that is geared to take away what you're good at. And, uh, you know, the Bulls haven't really seen anything like this all year with so much size on Milwaukee. Uh, and they're just coming at you on in transition with every little opportunity. So Bulls have looked totally outmatched. They can't hit open shots. They're getting bullied inside defensively. It is a rough, rough watch. But, dude, this has been the Bulls, really, for the majority of the year. A lack of size, a lack of shooting. It's showing up in a big way in this series. Yeah, I mean, and the Bucks, the Bucks are the defending champs for a reason. I mean, Giannis is totally controlling the series. They have, the Bucks have been dominant, basically, in all of his minutes. And then once you get the role players, and Drew Holiday showed up after the first, he struggled, Drew struggled a bit in the first couple games. He has completely shown up these last two games offensively. He's been great all series defensively, but him showing up offensively. And then when you get the role guys with Grayson and Bobby Portis, Wes Matthews as well, hitting threes, you just have no chance. Uh, so the Bucks are a way better team. That's the bottom line. And again, we expected the Bulls to lose the series, but Getting smoked on the home again, Cummings back to just not being competitive on your home court both times is really just a huge bummer. Uh, and it it's gonna again lead to just I mean, the Bulls will have a lot of some big decisions to make this offseason. Obviously, we talked about the Zach stuff, uh, last pod. And I mean, Zach, I didn't think Zach was that bad in game four. He had, he had 13 assists, he was finding guys like he had 24 and 13, like. And guys were cla- collapsing on him. He was finding shooters. He had 13 assists. I thought he was fine. I mean, he hasn't been great this series. He obviously can't take it to the next level like he you like he you normally can when he's healthy. And we've talked about the sad nauseum. There, there will be the max contract decision. There's a lot, of, as we said last time, I think there's a lot of people turning on Zach thinking you can't pay him. Uh, we talked about, again, we talked about the last time. I don't know if we have to go that again, but 
the Bulls obviously have to add, change some things with this roster. They need to get more guys who can shoot. They need to get more guys. I mean, just two-way players in general. We're just, we're just seeing the the difference between the Bulls and the Bucks. Uh, I guess Kobe, the Kobe White thing during the game. I mean, just a huge bummer. And again, we have talked about this all season. We've been waiting. We've been talking ourselves into the Kobe White thing that he that he could be an important player on this team, that he could win them a playoff game. He has been arguably the worst player on the actually Tristan Thompson has been the worst player on the and the rotation player. But Kobe is, I mean, just absolutely painful to watch him out there. And like maybe Kobe, maybe he needs a fresh start. Maybe he's just gonna be a, a late bloomer. I know people talk, well, like Bobby, like Bobby Portis taking him a few teams. He's found his niche on the Bucks. Maybe Kobe White will be like that. But like at this point. I'm assuming Wednesday is Kobe White's last game in a Bulls uniform. Just absolutely atrocious since in these last three games, looking totally lost, not even close on his open jump shots. Uh, and I, I was listening to the, I got a, got into my car today. I don't drive very much, but I turned on, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 1000 or the score. And I think actually, I think it was with Carmen DeFalco on ESP 1000. And some guy was talking about how he was blaming Billy Donovan for uh, Kobe White not developing like like Jordan Poole is in, in Golden State and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, I don't think so. Like Kobe just says, we we have been trying to talk to this, him into existence. We've seen some of his big games, but it just doesn't seem like it's happening for him here. Uh, and like he is still relatively young. He's He'll be going into his fourth season, but he just looks so, so bad. I mean, he came in in game four here and like, I think he like missed a couple of shots. He had some awful turnovers. And I was like, dude, you got to pull him right now. Like get IO out there. And IO hasn't been that great either. IO hit a few nice threes during that little run, but I mean, he hasn't been great either, but like Kobe has been actively damaging the team. And it's just a huge bummer seeing him struggle so much. And like I said, I'm assuming he's done here. I'm assuming Wednesday, assuming the bulls do lose that this will be Kobe's last game in Chicago. Yeah. It sucks because Kobe hit 38.5% of his threes on the regular season. That's good. He's probably what the second or third best shooter. Right. On the team we're talking about a team that can't shooter. shoot. We're talking about a team that like doesn't have shooters. And we're talking about trading away. One of the few guys who theoretically can, but he hasn't shot well in months and he has been awful this series. And he just doesn't seem like a guy who handles like playoff intensity playoff defense very well just again he is young maybe he will be a late bloomer but he's just so bad right now and with what the bulls have on their roster it just seems like they have to like his spot needs to turn into something else like a, just a more a more well-rounded player something like that four for 16 from three on the series for kobe three for 14 on the series for pat and then Demar very quietly over over nine from yeah. three in the series. He has been take, uh, trying to take them, just not very close on any. He's of them. hit a couple with his foot on the line too, yeah. which is a you know career wide thing for Demar. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But yeah, essentially, like <laughs> the Bucks are kind of guarding DeRozan with the same level of defensive attention. The Bulls are trying to guard Giannis. The Bucks can get Giannis involved just by like attacking on the break and trying to get Giannis going against a defense that isn't set yet or identifying a switch or mismatch in the half court that Giannis can punish. And man, there was a stretch in the third quarter where Giannis was just doing some absolute stupid shit. Destroying. I mean, he was doing full speed spin moves for dunks. He was just darting around people left and right and finishing at the basket. And I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are like, Giannis gets away with murder. Giannis could fall out in the first half of every game if the refs decided to officiate him that way. To a certain extent, I think it's fair. I also think Giannis is one of the most difficult guys in the history of the league to officiate because he's so big, so strong, so agile, and so fast that, you know, there's so many calls that could be 50-50 calls where Giannis is initiating the contact that don't go against Giannis because he's a superstar. If you're complaining about that, I mean, that's just the history of the NBA right there. So there's no way that the refs are going to foul out a superstar Giannis's caliber within, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game. But man, Giannis is just so damn physical and he's been showing it in this series. I think I said on the last episode that Pat Williams is basically a brick shithouse. He's a huge dude. And he's had but nothing Giannis for Giannis. Nothing for us. Hitting yeah. him with shoulder, shoulder, Pat falling backwards, Giannis easy layup. It's unbelievable how good Giannis is. And even when it feels like the Bulls have mostly kept him in check in this series, he's been the driving force behind all the Bucks' success, right? Like you look at what Grayson Allen's done in this series. All of that is set up by Giannis. And it's yeah. a combination of Giannis's ridiculous physicality where he can put so much pressure on the rim in a variety of different situations. And then the playmaking leap Giannis has made. So the Giannis problem was always going to be there for the Bulls. They never had anyone on this team who could defend him. And when we were sitting here waiting for Patrick Williams to get healthy, and that was our best chance of having the Giannis stopper, well, you still see Patrick Williams looks like a small child compared <laughs> to Giannis. The Bulls just do not have the size. And then even when they get a big goon in there like Tristan Thompson, 
he is no prayer either. It's like he's basically <laughs> drawn dead against Giannis anytime they're matched up in an isolation situation. So just brutal for the Bulls. Uh, you know, man, to win a playoff series, you really need to have one guy or a couple guys step up their level of play from beyond where it was in the regular season. Who can you point to in this series, Jay? So you could say this guy's played better in the playoffs than he has in the regular season. Zero. I mean, go down the no line. One. Their top three guys. I think like Vooch has not shot well. I feel like Vooch's effort he's has been, been there. Good. He's been fine. He has not shot well. Damar, obviously not. Zach, obviously not. Caruso. Caruso had one awesome game. He's hurt again. So at best, he's been fine. He's been like around the same level. Pat, obviously not. Uh, Kobe has been worse. Derek Jones Jr., Tristan, Io. All these guys have, yeah, were at best the same level or worse. So yeah, there has not been one Bulls player who has really stepped up to the plate uh, to be to to be any better. Uh, and it's brutal. I mean, we talk about Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson has been awful. That's, and we've been complaining about him for a while. And I tweeted this out earlier. He's minus 31 and 31 minutes. This series that, that made for, that makes for a net rating of like minus 43. He has given nothing. He's not rebounding either. Like his one, the thing, what he's supposed to bring is rebounding and being a goon. He's not doing that. Uh, and I think Billy finally kind of went away from him last in game four. I think he went, in the second half or whenever it was, I think he went to Jared, Derek Jones Jr. first. But, I mean, even then, Derek Jones Jr. has nothing for Giannis either. When they go to Giannis at the five, Derek Jones Jr. can't stop him either. He's 6'5", like 180 pounds. Giannis has like 50 or 60 fucking pounds on him, and he's enormous. So, like, the Bulls just have nothing for Giannis. Not many teams do have anything for Giannis, but they're, they are still selling out to stop him, and Giannis is still finding Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, all these guys for, for open threes. Uh, and even when Giannis is in the paint, he's still just dunking all over everybody. That's why Giannis is arguably the best player in the world right now. Uh, you're talking about the officiating against him as we as we've kind of brought up. You absolutely could call probably more offensive fouls on him. I would be nice if they wouldn't call so many ticky tack fouls against defenders when Giannis is barreling into guys going up for layups. But again, it is Giannis. He's a two time MVP. They're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It happens. As Bulls fans, we know, we know about MJ getting the benefit of the doubt way back in the day and stuff like that. Uh, so that's just, that's just the, yeah, like you said, that's the name of the game. Giannis is so difficult to officiate because he is so big, so fast. I mean, and just, and people talk about like Giannis not having skill. Yeah, he can't shoot very well. Yes, he does barrel in the guy's lap, but it is really important. Or he's developed his dribbling, his passing, the playmaking, the vision. Uh, the spin moves that he has to be able to do that at that size and that speed, you got to have at least a decent amount of skill there to do what he's doing. So he's really developed his game so much from where he's been. Uh, and he's absolutely crushing the bulls. So, so I mean, looking, looking, looking ahead to game five at this point, I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, you can say like they have no chance. Going to have like a chance. Have absolutely no chance going yeah. into this game five. Now we did see the bulls win a game in Milwaukee, obviously in game two, really across the first two games in Milwaukee, you can make an argument that the bulls outplayed the bucks across the first two games of this series. But the last two games have just been royal beatdowns by Milwaukee to the point where you almost have to be delusional to talk yourself into the bulls <laughs> having a chance here in game five. How is it going to happen? Well, they have to hit shots. It sounds easy. Anyone could give that level of analysis. 
But when the Bucs are daring the Bulls to take open threes, and the right. Bulls just cannot beat them. Meanwhile, on the other end, you got Drew Holiday hitting step-back threes, and you got Grayson Allen darting off multiple screens, hitting threes. So part of it has come down to a large part of it has been the Bucks role players just being way, way better than the Bulls role players. And, you know, you wonder if the supporting cast were switched around, you know, what would the Bucks? What would Bucks offense look like when it's Giannis passing the ball to, you know, Patrick Williams and Kobe White? Like those guys just haven't been ready for prime time in this series. So going into Game Five, like what adjustments can the Bulls possibly make? I said it after the last game; they just got to space it out a little bit more and get more room for Zach and Demar to drive. And then you have to just pray that the role players hit some shots. Right, so because- we t- we talked about this last game. Do you think maybe they should go to a more one-on-one Giannis thing and like guard the role players? I mean, can Grayson Allen really do this again where he shoots fucking ninety percent on three pointers? Like, or do you? Or I it it's so like, hard to say. Shots, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, so Grayson so like Allen maybe they do shooter. try to play Giannis a little more straight up. There was there was one play where. I complained about this on Twitter. Uh, they had Giannis kind of stuck in like it was like 10 to 12 feet away from the basket. He was like pivoting around. Uh, they had picked up his dribble and like four guys collapsed on him. And then he found great. I, it was, I think it was Wes Matthews, I think, for an open there in this one. And I complained about it on Twitter. I said that, oh, they had Giannis in no man's land. And then I had a bunch of Bucks fans come after me. It's like, oh, no, Giannis is never no man's land. I'm talking about one specific play, but. Like them clearly selling out on Giannis when he's like when he has the ball in the post when he's driving, do they not do that? Do they try to like whatever Giannis go get forty? But let's stop the other guys. I mean, it is basically a pick your poison at this point. But I mean, maybe they maybe they do that. Maybe they let maybe they try to let Giannis just hit two pointers on him or just play way off of him. Although if you play way off of him, he's just gonna drive and dunk on your face. So like. Obviously, there's no good answers here. The Bucks are way better. But if we're talking about at least trying to keep this game competitive and having a chance to win, maybe they do change that up. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they should try to play Giannis more straight up and guard guard the role it guys? Doesn't matter. They're yeah. gonna lose. <laughs> they are gonna lose. They are, ultimately, does this is the effort is futile. Most likely, the the fact that the Bulls won that game too is still like absolutely amazing. Well, they, that- they hit a lot of shots. They shot. Right. I can't remember what they shot from three in that game. I think it was like 40 some percent. So if they're going to have a chance, they need to catch fire from three. It's basically catch fire from three and hope their bucks roll guys don't go off. Cause Giannis will end up probably just doing whatever he does because that's what he does. He's absolutely amazing. Uh, you hope Grayson Allen doesn't shoot 80% from three again, same with Bobby and that you hope the open shooters that the bucks are allowing you to take the bucks are going to give up these open three pointers Guys just have to hit those shots. Maybe the Bulls can do it again, but they just can't do it over the. They just the guys they have just aren't those guys over the course of a full series. So ultimately, well, let's I, end it on a small bit of positivity or optimism. Let's say for for this thing going forward, the Bulls obviously turned over almost the entire roster this yep. season. It was a totally new team, and they won forty six games. They got the six seed. For 70% of the season, they were number one in the East, basically. Or after 70% of the season, they were number one in the East. Everything fell apart over the last 30% of the season. Lonzo's injury, knocking him out, his inability to come back 
from a torn meniscus. Really strange, like should have been back from that injury. Robert Williams is back already. (laughs) Robert Williams back already. Plenty of people who suffered similar injuries. Bone bruise. You know, would have been back, but the bone bruise sabotaged him. Zach being injured, we don't know what ex- to what extent Zach is injured, but he's clearly not himself. Yeah, We could say he looks 70% or whatever out there. He did have 24 points and 13 assists in the last game, as you mentioned, but he's not himself. But basically, the point I'm trying to get at here, Jason, is that the Bulls rebuilt this team in one year on the fly. Now, after seeing what the team needs with one season – I feel like they do have a chance to potentially identify guys this offseason who could sort of slide into roles, you know, six, seven, eight, nine on the roster, which if they can improve that part of the depth chart, hopefully it can make a big difference for the team because, you know, spinning it forward, assuming Zach comes back, like you, you think that a lot of this team is probably coming back next season. You expect DeMar, Vooch, and Zach, if they re-sign Zach, to all still be pillars of the team. Caruso will be back. Lonzo will be healthy. Io probably has a spot in the rotation. Patrick Williams probably has a spot in the rotation. But they just need to improve everything beyond that sort of top five going into next year. Basically, just the entire and back half of the roster needs to yeah, be cycled through. Now that they know what they need, like size, shooting (laughs) things that if you've watched the team, obviously these are the areas that need to be addressed. I think they did pretty good in one off season. And now hopefully they have something in place that other players are going to be attracted to and going to want to come here and fit in with. And hopefully they can be a little sharper identifying the problem areas of this roster. Now that they've seen them play out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, The back half of the roster just turned out to be, unplayable really bad Tristan Troy Brown Jr. Tony Bradley Marco Simonovic Matt Thomas uh some of these other guys just, just nothing nothing really there that the Bulls could turn to uh in these playoffs even in the end of the regular season just really nothing that they could rely on so they need to find again more shooting and even we talked about even in the rotation like in a vacuum like Javante awesome love his energy Derek Jones Jr. love what he can bring to the table uh, those are two guys that are kind of just kind of similar in terms of being energy guys who can't shoot and just aren't that skilled offensively. They need more skill. They need more shooting. And they also need more size. Javante is 6'4". Derrick Jones Jr. is 6'5". Uh, so when you have, when they're relying on like those two guys as being like power forwards and centers, they can't shoot and they're not big enough. And like, that's, that's been proven to be a problem as much as we might like those guys in a vacuum. And then again, Tristan's been worthless. Tony Bradley just wasn't hasn't, hasn't been as good either. So like, there's just again, it comes down to it. Too many guys who just like can't do enough offensively and aren't like locked down defenders. They need more two way players. Need to figure that out because Lonzo is really the only two way guy. So yeah, I mean, we we ultimately we should never expected them to like turn this all around in one off season. Uh, I guess it's been two off seasons. They really didn't do anything the first off season, but. Uh, so, like, if you believe in this front office, they made some big moves. They made some aggressive moves last offseason and going the trade, trade deadline with Vooch and the other trade that they made. So now, if we're going to be positive here, we hope that they bring back Zach. They'll have, like, the mid-level exception. They can use sign-and-trade stuff. Uh, they do have a $5 million trade exception from the Daniel Tice thing. We'll see who they draft. 
They'll, they will have a draft pick in the late twenties. Maybe they use that 18. as a trade. You got to pick. You gotta yeah, pick 18, eighteen. That's right, eighteen. Yeah, they have an eighteen. Maybe they pick somebody. Maybe they use that as a trade. We'll see if they trade Kobe White for somebody. We'll see what they do with Vooch. I still think they should look at Vooch trades just to kind of change, maybe change up the dynamic. But I mean, Vooch is still a good player, and I think he's been all right in this series. So if you if you believe in AK and Mark Eversley and being aggressive, maybe they go out and they can make some moves and switch up this switch up this roster. Obviously, I think it's ultimately to win a championship. They're going to need a top level guy who is better than anything they have right now. That's probably not in the cards this offseason. I mean, that's a situation where we hope Denver Nuggets getting their ass beat mostly by the Warriors turns into Jokic wanting to leave maybe next year. And maybe that's going to be something they can look into. But in terms of like that top, top level star, that's probably not going to happen this offseason. But I think if they can get to a point where they can take another step next season, maybe they do get into into conversations if somebody, you never know what happens with some of these stars with teams falling apart. And we just saw the Brooklyn Nets disaster season. Uh, Maybe KD wants to go somewhere in a year or two or something, but uh, Bulls just need to build on this. It's ultimately a successful season as brutal as this has been down the stretch here, build on it, add some more depth around the team, add more skill, add more shooting. Maybe they can be better next season. And then maybe they could turn that, into maybe whatever win of series or two, and then maybe you turn that into a, a star somehow. I'm not sure how, but it's that's that's always the most difficult part. You f- is finding that legit top level star. Uh, but if the Bulls can at least stay relevant, stay good, maybe they can use that as a building block for the future. But yeah, well, that's about guys, all we got here, right? <laughs> I think we'll talk again after Game Five. And game I'm Five, not expecting it to be a happy podcast. No, but we've been surprised before. We so. have. Game five on Wednesday night. It's the Bulls' last stand facing elimination. It's been a fun season either way, and it was hard to realistically expect them to beat the Bulls. But, man, did that Middleton injury get our hopes up. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Bulls have not been up to the task. The Bucks with beat-down victories in Chicago in game three and in game four. It's a tough time to be a Bulls fan right now, Jace, but got to keep things in perspective. Um, one more game left for sure in game five. And my expectation is that's going to be it. Yeah. We'll see if they can surprise us. Yeah, absolutely. Are we going to do a podcast after, after that game live? Sure. Probably for the, probably for the a season post-mortem. That'll be a drink in hand. Everyone needs to have a drink. In Abs- hand absolutely. Absolutely. Done. Cheers. You're done the bull season. That'll do it for us here at cash considerations. A Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network in the middle of these NBA playoffs. Please go check out all the other great podcasts, NBA podcasts, and all the other great podcasts all across the Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. That helps us out. Run Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me, Jason, on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Shout out to our guy, fuzz gun for our intro this season check out his soundcloud so again bulls bucks game five it'll probably be it for this bull season most likely that i believe it's at six a 6 30 central time tip in up in milwaukee we will be with you guys at right after that game on spotify live to talk about again likely the end of the bull season but maybe they surprise us and give us a game six in, on friday in chicago Either way, we'll be talking about it on Wednesday night. So this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.